Perfection is something that I think many of us strive for, but rarely achieve. I think this is due in part to the fact that as we learn and grow toward that perfection, we learn what more might be possible. Shelby Foote is an author and historian. He has an interesting take on perfection. He once said, I abhor the idea of a perfect world. It would bore me to tears. I think the same is true with our dogs. This is Canine Nation. Welcome to Canine Nation. This is episode 88, and it's December 3rd, 2013. In addition to these podcasts, Canine Nation appears at Life is a Human, the online magazine. You can find an archive of all the Canine Nation articles at caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. Canine Nation also has its own website at caninenation.ca, and here you can find an archive and links to all of our podcasts and all of the articles at Life is a Human. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brad. It was an agility weekend for us last weekend as we traveled down to the United States to play agility with some of our favorite people. It's always interesting for me to see so many different dogs and so many different handling styles. It's also interesting to see how people relate to their dogs both on and off the course. Perfection in dog sports is, I think, what we decide it is and different people have different personal goals and different perceptions of what that perfection might be. This past weekend, I had my own struggles with my dog who suffers from hypothyroidism. Our veterinarian has run out of her regular medication and substituted another drug that didn't work quite as well. So she wasn't feeling all that well, and I decided it would be better for us to take it easy have fun, and just relax and enjoy playing as much as we could instead of trying to get those qualifying runs. Perfection this past weekend was watching my dog, looking after her emotional and physical well-being, and putting her health and comfort above any other goals we might have. Frankly, I'm happy with the way things went, and I enjoyed my time. If you're a part of our Facebook forum, I hope you've checked out our Question Thursday segment. Petra Wingate is the moderator, and we would love to have you chime in with your comments and answers to the weekly questions that she provides on dogs and behavior. We will also be starting a new feature this week on our Canine Nation forum on Facebook. Tanya Vivian will be our host for Archive Tuesdays, where she will bring back links to previously published Canine Nation articles for all of us to comment on and discuss. We hope you'll join us. In my life with dogs over the past 30 or so years, I've been involved in obedience sports, agility sports, and various other training activities with my dogs. There was a time when I was striving for perfection. The kind of perfection I was looking for in my dogs was immediate compliance to my commands every single time and under all circumstances without fail. No excuses. I have since learned that all of us dog owners stretch the truth a bit. Our dogs don't always come when called, they don't always sit immediately on command, and they frequently keep sniffing 
even when we tell them it's time to move on. These days, I not only accept that my dog is imperfect by those old standards, I now celebrate her independent thinking and her ability to adapt what I have taught her in new and creative ways. Sure, that imperfection can be frustrating at times, but it has also earned me championship titles as well. Maybe the imperfection of my dogs is a kind of perfection in itself. This is my article, My Imperfect Dog. We have spent thousands of hours training together. I have carefully studied and used new techniques and training philosophies. I have read dozens of books on learning theory, canine ethology, and behavioral science. After all of it, and 12 years after changing how I live and work with my dogs, my dog is not perfect. There is a Zen side to me that says my dog is perfect. Perfect in the sense that, given what she is and has experienced, she is the perfect representation of who she should be at this point in her life. But the truth of it is, like many other dog owners, I have days where I say sit and I get the blank stare followed by her wandering off to lie down in another room. Not exactly the model of compliance or cooperation. A dozen years ago, my own personal crisis over dogs forced me to take a hard look at what was and was not working in my training approach. I very quickly found that I was woefully undereducated and misinformed about dogs, how they learn, and what science has learned about them in the past 30 years. Catching up on all of that learning was tremendously exciting. When I added a new puppy to the mix and saw what you could teach a new dog with all this new information, it was truly mind-blowing. You can imagine how delighted I was to find Internet communities of like-minded trainers who were also using this new science-based approach to working with dogs. Lists for positive trainers, clicker trainers, and reinforcement trainers seemed to be everywhere, and they provided me the opportunity to clarify my understanding and to find creative new ways to apply this kind of training. Then I encountered what I call the debate. Every dog training discussion group on the Internet seems to have at least one, that person who comes in to tell us that we're doing it all wrong. They have been training dogs for 30 years, and it just doesn't work the way we say it does. You can't let them get away with not behaving properly. All of these food treats are just going to make your dog aggressive. I would never be able to get my dog to obey me without my food or my clicker. Sure, I had found a new way to train, but it was all wrong. It was not good. Sure, I could get results, but their dogs were better. Their dogs were more reliable. Their dogs were more well-mannered. It seemed that those discussions always came down to some challenge of my dog's ability to perform. It was a constant stream of, yes, but. Sure, you can train a dog using positive reinforcement, but they would not perform unless they saw the treats. Sure, you can train a dog using clickers and treats, but you will never achieve the highest levels of performance because they just won't be consistent. Sure, the science of canine learning can help you train a dog without forcing them, but you can never be sure your dog will behave when you command them to every single time. Well, some of that is true, but most of it is nonsense. 
More importantly, the bits that are true remain true no matter what kind of training you use. There is a very simple reason for that. Despite the best efforts of some trainers, dogs are just not machines that you can program to consistently give you what you want, when you want, exactly the way you want it, every single time. Many times those challenges would come down to the classic assertion that without force or punishment, your dog simply cannot be trusted off-leash, especially near traffic. Force trainers who offer up this challenge frequently promise that they can train your dog to stay, no matter what, in just a matter of minutes. Why should this be the gold standard for perfection in training? Why is the perfect dog the one who doesn't do what a dog is supposed to do just because a human said so? So much of good dog training seems to be defined by what we can keep dogs from doing. The stay challenge is just one example. We expect our dogs to leave food that we drop on the floor when we say no. We expect our dogs to walk at our pace and not pull ahead on the leash when we walk with them. We expect them to politely tolerate the sometimes unexpected physical contact from strangers. We expect them to calmly put up with being poked, prodded, or even lunged at by strange dogs. In short, the more my dog does not react to the world around them, the more perfectly they are trained. Is that how it works? It seems to be about compliance. I say it, you do it. We somehow expect unquestioning obedience from our dogs in response to our verbal commands, or sometimes hand signals. That ideal, perfect dog does what they are told, when they are told, and they are prepared to ignore everything in their lives at merely a word from us. And we say it's for their own good, for their own safety. I first heard the term intelligent disobedience in a presentation by a dog trainer who trains dogs for work with the disabled. Service dogs sometimes have to ignore the commands of their owners in order to do their job properly. This is called intelligent disobedience. Let me give you an example. If a blind person asks their service dog to go across the street, the dog is supposed to disobey if they see traffic coming. The dog must be able to make a decision not to follow instructions for the safety of both them and the person they serve. It's an interesting concept, and one that has applications far beyond the service dog arena. For example, I play agility with my dogs, and, on occasion, I will use the wrong word or gesture in steering my dog. Frequently, she will go where I meant to send her and not what I instructed. That's intelligent disobedience. You could call it a case of, do what I meant, not what I said. It happens with our dogs a lot more than we like to admit. We expect them to be mind readers, and sometimes it seems like they do just that. Not every agility run I do with my dog is clean or a qualifying run. She doesn't come every time I call her instantly, no matter how much practice we've done on that really reliable recall. She has been known to snark at other dogs who decide to sniff the wrong parts of her without her permission. And in spite of hours of training I've spent teaching her dozens of behaviors, she doesn't always get them right when I ask for them. She's not a perfect dog. But she is a dog. That means she has all of the internal drives and instincts of her species, 
she has the curiosity and intelligence to want to be aware of the world around her and to explore it. Due in part to the way I have trained her, she is confident and comfortable in her life and doesn't fear unexpected punishments for being wrong or imperfect. And I find great value in her imperfection. I have met some of those more perfect dogs, the ones who wait patiently for a word or a glance from their owners before doing anything, the ones that wait for permission for everything in their lives. To me, they just look sad. It doesn't seem to be much of a life if all your existence amounts to is being at the beck and call of your human master. What about creativity? What about intelligent disobedience? Where is the room for the dog to be a dog? So much of what I see in dog training really only serves the convenience of the human. Stay so I don't have to look after you as you explore. Leave the other dog alone so I can enjoy a civil conversation with my friend at a distance that makes me the most comfortable. And only bark when I want you to, because I find it annoying when I don't want to hear it, even though I'm glad for it when you do alert me to something. For many reasons, there are those who would find my dog much less than perfect, and I couldn't fault them for their conclusions. But I find great value in her imperfections. I celebrate them, and I make adjustments in my life to account for them. Taken together, the training and management and imperfections that we have come together to make what I can only call a perfect life for me and my dogs. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. A few resources for you to check out after listening to this podcast. If you would like to hear the story that inspired our change to a new way of training dogs, you can find links to the article, What If We Could Communicate With Dogs, or the podcast of it, by going back to February 2010 in the archive section of the caninenation.ca website. Just click on the article or podcast archives to get started. You can read more about intelligent disobedience by searching for that term in Wikipedia. There are some great examples that can be found there. And finally, take a few minutes the next time you are out at the dog park with your dog. Watch the people and dogs around you. I think you will find that even the best trained dogs will have a mind of their own from time to time and might be a little slow in responding to cues. It's easy to forget those little problems and think our dogs are perfect. I think it's better to admit that they are not and maybe even to be glad for it. Don't forget you can pick up any of my ebooks from dogwise.com, a great resource for anything you're looking for with regard to dogs, DVDs, books, toys, and more. Also check out our Canine Nation Facebook page and our Canine Nation Forum Facebook group. We also have a Canine Nation Google Plus community where you can also add your discussions if you prefer that. And finally, we have a Twitter account that you can communicate with us on. It's canine underscore nation. If you have a question or comment for us, please feel free to contact the Canine Nation podcast at barks at caninenation.ca. We look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, take care of the dogs. Bye for now.